that is it. We are live. Cool. Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the UNG Odyssey podcast. Um, this episode, I have very funny man and huge wrestling fan, also wrestler, and uh, just a big guy out in general. Man, you're a huge dude. Uh, Chris Germany. I've been a little wider. But I'm, 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 uh, but like, I'm, I've been heavier like, too. Like the mass yeah, huge. yeah, I'm a big guy. I've always been. I'm one of those kids that was always the biggest kid in school. Yeah, did you ever play any so, sports in school? Yeah, man, I played uh, played football, ran track, mm-hmm. was the third fastest uh, quarter mile runner in, in Irving mm-hmm. when I was in junior high school. Oh, okay. Uh, played uh, high school football for MacArthur High School. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, got a college scholarship and played for uh, Trinity Valley in Athens, Texas. Mm, okay. So. So you've just been sporty all your life, pretty much. Uh, yeah. I've also been. I've also been just. I'm a creative. Always been a creative guy. Uh, yeah. uh, actually, my scholarship to to uh, Trinity Valley was uh, an athletic and musical arts scholarship. I was an all-state baritone. All-state baritone. Yeah, Senior? state of Texas. Yeah. What? Yeah. You sing? Yeah. Do me something real quick. No, fuck you. Come on, man. Fuck you, Why not? I've been been singing 30 years, bro. (laughs) That's a lie. I know you in your life. Well, I sing in a car. Yeah, I know you in your car. I sing in a car. I don't even do karaoke. I don't even do I'm too critical, man. I don't even do karaoke. No. No, man. I'm too critical about that shit. I mean, you know. (laughs) When was the last time somebody asked you to sing something? Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> and I want to tell everybody. A long time, <laughs> long time, long Dude, time. Dude, like he's a baritone man. He's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> um, you, uh, you lived an interesting life, a wrestler, right? How'd you yeah. get into wrestling? Like, like pro wrestling, not just so. Uh, uh, so, so I never did amateur wrestling. I was a football player. Mm-hmm. Uh, was an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, always a big guy, really athletic, quick on my feet. Um, not so much anymore, but, uh, so, uh, uh, playing football there at Trinity Valley, it was an offensive lineman there, and uh, actually, the, I walked on, uh, uh, uh when, when we walked on for two days, I was actually the smallest offensive lineman they had. Wow. Yeah, I weighed in at 230, I was the smallest offensive lineman what, they had. What, do they normally weigh Oh, uh, gosh, I mean, you know, that was the era when guys started to be, you know, uh, 300 pounds. I mean, mm-hmm. now uh, the high school kids are, you know, yeah. 250, 300 pounds now, <clears throat> and some of them more. So uh, that was the big, that was the era when guys, and I didn't realize it until I got there. Now they, they moved me from uh, uh, playing outside tackle to playing inside guard. So, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, uh, I did some pulling guard, you know, so uh, it made it down. I don't know if you're a football fan or not. But, no, I'm not. Uh, so, okay. So, I mean, I listen to it. Yeah, so uh, so you know uh, that's usually a small a smaller size position. Yeah. And so, uh, but you know, I was playing next to guys that were just coming out of high school uh, at two hundred sixty five, three hundred pounds, man. Yeah. You know, so uh, uh, played uh, played there at Trinity Valley for uh, a semester, and then came home for semester break and got the itch to start pro wrestling. These guys were uh, working uh, at a gym in Irving, mm-hmm. where I grew up, and uh, and 
managing the gym, working there, and like you know, lifting weights and stuff like that. You know, gives you, when you're a gym rat like that, it gives you something. To, gives you something to do. You know, when it's slow, you you can go get your yeah. workout in. Did and you, pro wrestlers would come. Were, would come in. So it was an old dungeon gym. You know, now okay. you have places like you fit and all these. You know, different. So we had just dungeon gyms. It was just a big room with you know, like shitty carpet and yeah. and. You know, dead weights. What was it? Uh, what was the gym called? It's called. Around? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it was called Physique's Gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not around anymore. Oh, okay. uh, but uh, is it kind of like uh, God, what's that gym where it's in a warehouse? It's, there's one over there in like the HEB area. I used to work out there too. We did a. Uh, I used to do some MMA there because they had a ring. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, okay. Are you talking about the gym? No, not the, the, the that, gym. That, the was here, that was here in Arlington. No, this that's one that's run by the Bussies, which I was in, you know, I worked with in the pro wrestling industry. Yeah. Now they're doing MMA. Mm-hmm. So. They're, having, they're doing a lot of venues. Yeah, man. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, uh, the, uh, the the guy who ran it, Mike Bussy and his wife, uh, mm-hmm. they, they're good business people, man. And they ran other businesses and then got into this pro wrestling thing and... Mm-hmm. I was there when they started it out, and uh, you know had a pretty good stint with them. Uh, ran, uh, wrestled there, and then actually managed a whole crew of guys mm, okay. uh, out of there when I was. Uh, that was uh, probably early 2000s, 2001, 2002, yeah. 2003, something like that. Um, you brought up a point where like guys were starting to get bigger. Uh, do you think you can uh, attribute that to like maybe like how they started uh, using steroids on meat products? Mm. Because you know there was a certain time where like guys people weren't getting that big, and then all of a sudden, especially in the sports world, you yeah. can clearly tell the difference in sports world, and it's, it can't be a coincidence. It's not like they're working any harder than the guys used to work out back then. Well, yeah, sure. You know, I mean, science is always changing because yeah. the, you know people's bodies have changed now. The, the, the way that the athletes are training now uh, compared to the the way that the athletes trained in the late 70s and 80s yeah. you know when I started training uh, because when I started training it was all just uh, you know lift a bunch of heavy weight and now it's you know they've got this functional you know exercise that prepares you for whatever sport that you're doing you know CrossFit or you know whatever uh Whatever sport, football or, or basketball yeah. or whatever, Kinda but they're like training a, specifically for it. They have like a lot of uh, functionality work. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, when I came up, uh, it was all just about you just, know throwing up heavy weights. Just throwing yeah. the weights in there. Yeah, and just you know, um, I mean, you know, when you you compare from the the uh, early 1900s into the 30s, into the 40s, into the 50s, so you know, guys weren't. Like, if you were a big guy, you were very unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like six foot back then was Yeah, that was, like that was big, yeah. yeah. So, uh, a lot of but, malnutrition people back yeah, then. Yeah, I, I, that's what I equate it to. I equate it to people just in that food. My dad uh, my dad was born in 1935, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was right in the middle of the Depression. And, uh, you know, his family didn't have much, and he had uh, five other brothers and sisters, and... They just didn't have money, and so he probably would have been a big guy if he'd had the proper nutrition. Yeah, you know, he was—I think he was five ten or five eleven. But mm-hmm. you know, and my brother and I both are, you know, around six two, six three. Yeah. So, uh, 
you know, we got fed a lot better. You know? <laughs> we were lucky. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, in the 80s, steroids definitely had something to do with it. And, and you saw the difference, the change starting in the 50s. Yeah. Because that's when that's when they, they invented steroids to, to you know. more... Well, more leaner cut meat. Well, well, no. Uh, in addition, you know, for for people, mm-hmm. they gave it to the Holocaust victims coming back from the war, really? and POWs to put weight back on them. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what that's the, originally what they did it for. They and had a so, bunch of buff Jews walking around. Well, no, but you know, it would help them. It would, you know, it get that nutrition. You yeah. know, people, you know, if you don't have proper nutrition, you have low testosterone anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you know, and so diet. they raise their testosterone level, you know, just a little bit, and they become hungry, and they put weight on So, yeah, you know, it does make a difference. And then, hey, it only takes one guy to go, yeah. and this shit works. <laughs> it tells two guys, and then so on and so forth. So, um, how did you, like, I, you talked a little bit how you started with uh, athletics and then got into wrestling, pro wrestling. Did you, like, just jump into it and just, like, you know what, I'll do it. And That's then, what I did. That's what yeah, I did. Yeah, I just so, jumped right uh, into it. What made, you, what made you just say, fuck it, let's do some wrestling? Because, I was lucky. Uh-huh. The, guy that, uh, the guy that ran the physiques gym, yeah. uh, a crazy character named Cheyenne Rivera, who's the stuntman and a bodybuilder, and uh, he uh, knew people in the wrestling. You know, he's one of those guys that was kind of on the fringes everything. You know, that was the early, early, you know, mid-80s. You know, when you come out of the 70s and 80s, I mean, it was still that kind of, uh, um, kind of underground mob mentality a little bit that, you know, you always had your hand in something. There was always some kind of, uh, yeah. you know, you might have been working a regular job, but you always had your hand in something else. You know, what today they call side hustle. <laughs> yeah, you know? they call it side hustle. So, now. uh, like uh, but but side. yeah, you know he was you know he you know probably dabbled in you know some black market stuff and which you know that's the people you meet and so he met some he got in touch with some pro wrestlers you know and they come to him and come work out at his gym and and then so um, I got the heads up that uh, here in Dallas world class championship wrestling that uh, uh, gentleman Chris Adams was going to start training people. And so, uh, so I kind of had a little bit of an inside track. So when it really actually happened, I knew it was probably le- legit. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of their first, one of his first students to come out of the school was a guy named Steve Williams that would soon become Steve Austin and eventually become Stone Cold Steve. What? No way! So. Uh, he is out of Texas, right? Yeah, he man. He took his first bump right there in the Dallas Sportatorium, right there on Katie's and Industrial in Dallas. Oh, wow. Yeah, bro. Yeah, we. That's, he, he and I wrestled together for the first, I don't know, two, two and a half, three years of, of my career. Oh, really? Traveling around. Yeah, man. We worked a, cool a lot, bro. Huh? Is he a cool guy? Yeah, yeah. Steve's great. Is he always that, that, did he always have that persona, that badass persona, or is that something that kind of slowly built? Listen, uh, he came out of South Texas and. Played also football player. Mm-hmm. Uh, played some running back, and then uh, I believe he was a defensive end when he went to college, and played at a junior college actually, and then transferred to North Texas. Mm-hmm. And so he actually played as at a defensive end position, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> at North Texas and Denton. Yeah. And uh, 
he got the same idea that I did. He was like, you know, buying tickets, going to see the, down in the sportatorium, watching the Von Erics, yeah. you know, Chris Von Adams, Erics. and you know, uh, you know, Bruiser Brody, and mm-hmm. you know, all those you know guys that would come in. So, um, and and when he heard about it, he was one. He was one of the first students. That he just he was a natural athlete, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a, a big gym rat. Lift a lot of weights, had a good body, you know, and so uh, so he was, I mean, he was a, he was almost a natural from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I came in about probably six months after he did, and uh, within I don't know his first year, he he actually there used to be old before there was the internet. Yeah. We had wrestling magazines. Oh yeah, yeah. So I remember yeah, bigger. yeah. Now that now the now the nerds would call them after mags because that was the the one of the guys that wrote it was Bill Apter. Oh okay. And uh, so uh, the biggest uh, after magazine was Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Mm-hmm. So and Steve was actually voted Rookie of the Year, nineteen ninety. As rookie of the year for uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine, and uh, you know we weren't—they uh, were pushing him, and he gets spots immediately, and uh, you know kind of gave us a little bit of push. They brought us, you know, younger guys in to do jobs for the for the you know big veterans and yeah. get our foot in the door, and uh, and and that was great. I mean, I, I feel like uh, felt like I was kind of a natural at it. Because, you know, you watch it constantly when you're a kid, and then you're watching it, and now you realize, oh, holy shit, I've been watching wrestling for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Well, now you've kind of start to figure out how it works, and then you get in there and train, and you already have it in your head. Yeah. And so it makes a big difference to have that knowledge. The best wrestlers, the best professional wrestlers, were wrestling fans as kids. Mm-hmm. The guys that struggle the most in the business... That are guys that become professional wrestlers because they're athletes, mm-hmm. and that aren't wrestling fans constantly struggle. Oh, okay. Well, they will constantly struggle. Maybe not getting over because maybe they're great athletes and they got good bodies and they're marketable, mm-hmm. but they'll never really get it the yeah. way what well, we call we call them marks. I'm sure you probably heard that expression. Are you a wrestling fan? I'm a wrestling fan, okay. but I don't know. You never heard mark. the the phrase mark? No. Okay. I'll tell you where this came from. So, a mark is yeah. a guy who buys a ticket, okay? Oh, okay. Sits in the sits in the, in the audience. Yeah. They're marks. Okay. And it came from the the carnival business because oh, that's where carnival. wrestling first started. Was in the carnival. It was a it was a you know it was a game to get people to spend their money. Yeah. You know they bring a guy in who was a a, a you know ringer. From the audience, and they say, "Okay, oh, yeah, anybody want to yeah. challenge the the big it's champion? If you want to come in, well, they bring guy out of the audience, yeah. and then they they get the they get the people to bet on him. Well, he's a local; he might be a local guy, yeah. but they've already got they've they've already smartened him up, uh-huh. and so they get these people to bet on this local guy, and then they beat the local guy, and they take all the money on him. <laughs> so in the carnival, they would uh, that, that's what they call you know like when you do a con." Mm-hmm. The guy that you're cheating is the mark. 
Yeah. So that's where that expression comes from. Is when they were in the carnival, the guys that would come up and play the games, because you can't win those fucking games. No, they're all rigged, right. man. They're all so rigged. Somehow that was the another. mark. That was you got to you got and, and, you know you get him to almost win the first time. Well, he spends yeah, more yeah, money. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. So they're hooked. they're the marks. I can do this. I can so do this. So that's where that comes from. That. Yeah. So being the so uh, so the wrestling fans, you know, you, you grow up being a mark, mm-hmm. and then you get in the business and. You're just you're yeah. a lot more natural at it. Is that where that outfit came from? Um, because you mentioned the circus, right? There was a lot of uh, carnival. Or carnival, my bad. There's a lot of uh, I remember a lot of like the old school the way you'd portray it, the muscle man. He'd always have that leotard yeah, kind of right, thing. Right. And then you see wrestlers would wear that. Yeah, I wonder, you know, that I mean, yeah, it's probably. I'm outfit? I'm sure. I mean, I wasn't there, yeah. but you know, uh, there's a lot of wrestling historians mm-hmm. that keep up with records. I'm horrible at records. I wish I kept all the records well, and all the so matches great. and what I got paid and where it was, you yeah. know. But to me, I didn't care. I was just getting to the next town and trying to have enough gas money to get to the next town, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, but yeah, it was it was interesting. It was fun, you know. You get, but they didn't smarten you up until you actually started working. Like they taught you how to, you know, protect yourself, take a bump, do some. Uh, Amateur wrestling to protect yourself if something really bad happens in the ring, you know how to how to grab a hold of a guy so he's not going to really hurt you and beat the shit out of you because it happens. Yeah. And uh, but then when you get in the business and you start working with these professionals that have been doing it 10, 20, 30 years, they make the decision if you're sticking around. It ain't you. They're going to make the decisions. The first thing they do is they beat the shit out of you to see if you're going to come back. Yeah, I've heard that before. I, uh, well, now, this is the older day. I don't know how it is now. Well, I've heard that from uh, a couple of podcasts I listen to, with, like Jake the Snake. Uh-huh. He, he was on uh, Rogan's podcast. Right. I don't know if you ever heard that one. Yeah. And yeah, he was talking about how like, they just it's the truth, beat the man. crap out of you. you so now, Jake is, Jake is. So Jake's probably. A, is he his, a Texas guy, too? Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, I think he was born in Gainesville, Texas. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, his da- he's a second generation or third generation mm-hmm. wrestler. His dad was Grizzly Smith, who yeah. was like six six or six eight back when guys weren't six six or six eight. Yeah, they weren't that big. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, they would uh, you get in the business and they, you knew you were going in to put them over and make them look good and you know, get count some lights and get a paycheck and go home. But if, if they beat the shit out of you and you walked to the back and were pissed about it, they knew it. They knew you were going to laugh. Yeah. If you walked to the, but when they beat the shit out of you, if you walked to the back, shook their hand, said, thank you, I, I, I enjoy working with you, can't wait to work with you again. And then you walk away and go lick your wounds in yeah. the corner by yourself, then they're going to go, nah, that, kid's, that kid gets it. You know, mm-hmm. maybe we'll let him stick around a little bit. And then if they do it a couple more times, guess what? They quit doing it. Yeah. They quit beating the shit out of you. They show you how to work. And I was lucky enough to get in really quickly with some guys that were, originally it was world-class championship wrestling, which is owned, was owned by uh, Fritz Von Erich and, and a couple other guys that had small stakes in it. But uh, uh, Fritz was having some financial trouble, and the boys couldn't run shit, bro. I mean, I love Kevin Von Eric. He's he's the one still around. I love Kevin. Yeah. I worked with him all the time. 
I wrestled Kevin in Oklahoma City for the world championship in a hotel ballroom packed with <laughs> like a couple thousand people. So Kevin's my boy, man, and I love his, I love his sons, yeah. Ross and Marshall. They're good kids, man. But those guys, those guys weren't businessmen. Oh, they weren't business savvy. No, and their dad knew it. Yeah. And so he sold out partially to uh, Jerry Jarrett, who ran the Tennessee Territory. We see when I got in, it was still territories. Yeah. I'm, I'm the last. We were the. We were we were the last generation to get that territory information, man. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so Jerry Jarrett came in from Tennessee. He ran the Memphis territory, and he came in and was running pretty much all the shows. And they became, they went from world class to USWA, United States Wrestling mm-hmm. Association, I believe. So, and then so I got to work under Jerry Jarrett and all the Tennessee wrestlers. Uh, Jerry Lawler, Bill Dundee, um, really great workers like Gorgeous Gary Young, which probably nobody knows who he is, but was a wrestler's wrestler, man. And uh, uh, Mick Foley, who's, who was Cactus Jack at the time. Yeah, um, yeah he was just here. Yeah. Did yeah, you get a chance to see him? Yeah, I did. I, went, I, went, I swung oh. by on the way to work, actually. <laughs> I went by and... And then shook cool, Mick's hand and said hello to him. So, um, we uh, so I got to work under you know, Danny Davis, who was a nightmare. Danny Davis, uh, really huge wrestlers, you know, back in the territory days. Yeah, and I got to work with these guys, and they got to teach me stuff. And so, literally, we are the last generation before the territories fell apart. How many uh, How many years were you into wrestling when this was all happening? So I got in, uh, I got in in '89. Yeah. My rookie year was technically 1990, same one as Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrestled. I was 21 years old. I wrestled from 21 to 37 all the time. Like uh-huh. it slowed down after the big territories closed up, yeah. but there was always a smaller territory, a smaller group coming in to run the Sportatorium. Mm-hmm. USWA left, and then Global Ref- Wrestling Federation came in. Yeah, you know? I remember that. I remember Global Wrestling right. Federation. Right, and so, and, and there was still, so when I, and they ran, I don't know, five, six years. Mm-hmm. So there was always, you know, places to work. In addition to what now they call the independent circuit, you know, back then it was more of an outlaw circuit. Mm-hmm. We wrestled all the time. I would wrestle a minimum of four days a week from yeah, the time man, I started. Just, and I, when I started, we were wrestling six days a week, bro. Jesus, man. Yeah, we were wrestling. Uh, we were wrestling Monday through Friday. We'd do spot, what were known as spot shows, yeah. which we would do like charity shows at high schools and uh, VFWs, um, uh, National Guard armories. Mm-hmm. And then Friday night was the, the big show at the Sportatorium. Then Saturday morning was Another TV show? taping. Another Saturday, show? Yes. Saturday morning? Yes, we you would just wrestle got your Friday, ass night. Beat Friday night. And then we would be up at to, to open the doors at the uh-huh. Sportatorium in the morning and do TV taping Saturday morning. Yeah. And then after TV taping Saturday morning, we'd go and do a spot show somewhere 300 miles away. Jesus Christ, yeah. man! How the fuck are you still together? It's well. Listen, I, <laughs> I, 
I got I got the shit beat out of me a lot yeah. in the early. Do you have 90s. any like uh? Do you have any like permanent injuries? Oh, I have horrible injuries, bro. I'm in, I'm sitting here. I'm in pain right now. Yeah. Oh I mean, my god. You you'll see me standing around at comedy shows, uh-huh. and you'll see me sometimes just bend over, mm-hmm. or and you always see me leaning against. If I'm not sitting down, mm-hmm. I'm leaning against something because my hips are hurting, my knees are hurting, my feet are hurting. You know, it doesn't yeah. help that I'm 300 plus pounds right now either. No, that doesn't. Yeah. That's very, yeah. very uh, so, strenuous. Strenuous yeah. on the back, man. Yeah, man. I uh, I have a herniated disc, so I have to make sure I stay under a certain weight. Otherwise, yeah. everything, every morning I'm dropping. Is pain. I got up uh, as much as 350. Yeah. What are you doing to, to lose weight? Or uh, just active? eating, like, you know, kind of keeping uh, pretty close to it keto diet mm-hmm. kind of you know it's like hard. i oh well it's what i hard. for me i just cut out like pastas and breads and stuff yeah. and you know i have some flexibility i you know i like to eat i'm cool with vegetables i like green vegetables and, and broccoli and cauliflower and salads and spinach and stuff like that and then just good proteins what i think is great on them is i can eat a steak and not, i can eat a big fatty steak and not feel bad about it <laughs> you know um, and get up and, and get up after sleeping and, yeah. and and be two pounds lighter. Have you ever tried, or have you ever thought about doing the intermittent dieting? I, I have done intermittent fasting, yeah, and I will do it. Either. Like, um, I do intermittent fasting. I'll do it probably a couple days a week, mm-hmm. and it does kind of kickstart, you know, that weight loss thing. And yeah. then by the end of the week, you realize that it's, it's made a big difference. I'll usually do it like maybe two two uh, days back to back, where I'm only <laughs> eating. Like a six or eight hour period, I do all my mm-hmm. eating. Six yeah, eight like between, period. yeah, about eight hours because most people say about fourteen to sixteen hours of non eating. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had anybody really school me on it. I've read books and yeah. I, I listen to books because I'm dyslexic as fuck. So I don't really <laughs> like it would take me days to read a small book. Yeah. But uh, but um, thank God for Audible. Uh, yeah. I went back and. I was a horrible student in high school and dyslexic as hell. And uh, I went back and listened to all the classics that I was supposed to read in high school and I just <laughs> bought the cliff notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you, uh, I know you got a bunch of injuries and I was listening to uh, um, Diamond Dad's page. Uh-huh. He's also a Texan, right? Uh, no, no, no he's, he's a Florida guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, he's, yeah, yeah, he's, no, just he's a Florida and Georgia guy. <laughs> um, yeah. he, he's got one of the that. only one of the only Jewish wrestlers, by the way. No, no his shit. His background is just is yeah. There's not that many Jewish wrestlers. I mean, well, you would think that that physicality. Yeah, that like how many Jewish linebackers are there in the NFL? Not very idea, many. Man. So yeah. <laughs> but like, he's got a thing called DDP yoga. Yoga. Have you have you thought about? Yeah, it? actually, about actually, that. I had the system. Yeah, I had the system. It's uh, I bought it when they were still doing CDs. Yeah, and uh, my problem is just sticking with it. Mm-hmm. I work nights, which is which fucks up my comedy shit. Oh, Unbelievable! Bet, man. I have what, to get what time night? I have to get. I work from nine p.m. to nine a.m. Fuck that! Yeah, five days what, a week. Yeah, four days. Five, five days a week. Sunday, That's more than forty Sunday, hours. Sunday night. Yeah, I do about. Well, that, 60, I do fifty-five, 55 to 60, sixty hours. 60? Yeah. What do, you, what do you do? What's your daytime job? Uh, I work for a uh, major snack company. Like I, I didn't say it. You did. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. I work for 
park across the street from Frito Lay in, in uh, over there in GP. Oh, okay. So, uh, so I was just wondering. Oh, that, it could be Hershey's. It could be so whatever. There you go. <laughs> so major snack company. I drive an eighteen wheeler. Oh, so you're a truck driver. Yeah. Nah, truck driver. I wouldn't picture. No, I couldn't picture the truck driver. Yeah. yeah. See, it was either that or airline pilot. Well, fucking look I'm just fucking pilot, man. <laughs> what are you doing? It's fucking. Oh, cool. But uh, yeah, but you're also a comic. Not, yeah, uh, man. Not to mention, now how did you tra- transition from from I'm gonna kick ass to I'm gonna do comedy? Man, well, you don't really transition. This is the deal. Is that uh, um, I got into pro wrestling business. I got out. Uh, I left pro wrestling business. I was 37 years old. Um, I moved to Florida uh, to do radio. I was with a radio group, and they got a new contract to go to Florida, and I was in between jobs, and they're like, hey, you want to come to Florida? You're a funny guy, and you can help produce and, you know, run the board and stuff. Yeah. And so uh, so I moved to Fort Myers, Florida, and 04, and uh, wow, that was not me. Uh, moved to Fort Myers, Florida, and holy shit. So, uh, uh, Fort Myers, Florida, 04, mm-hmm. and started doing radio there, and uh, met my wife there, mm-hmm. knocked her up, mm-hmm. and Seems which like is, the only way guys get married. Yeah, right? which, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> ah, man. Um, and uh, then uh, when she, right before she had the baby, a guy that out of the radio business had to get a real job because radio business is unbelievably transient. Yeah, like yeah, you got to move around a lot. Had, Contracts go up and down. I have, I have had this guy named Bobby Brown. His name's Bobo. Mm-hmm. He's on ninety-two-five uh, Lone Star mm-hmm. on Saturday mornings. But he also has like an AM show on something else. But yeah, he's telling me about how like the radio business is like. Look, they treat talent like shit. Bro. Yeah, and he's very funny. Like shit. He is so funny, and he is so like. Um, just like unappreciated for yeah. a radio personality. They do. They don't. They don't until you have been doing it, been in the in the same market for ten years, and you've got consistent ratings, mm-hmm. and they'll still drop you. I mean, yeah. Look what they did to Russ Martin. You know? Yeah, yeah. Fucking was I mean, uh, CBS was it? Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Who I, it was. I think it was CBS. I think it was CBS. Yeah. Because uh, <clears throat> um, actually, funny thing, the guy who uh, who co-hosts with um, Bobo. Is um uh, oh shit I can't think of it. I can't believe his name uh John it's a John Clay Wolf show and you got Bobo and then you have uh damn he used to be the co-host for for uh, Russ uh, Martin on CBS they had the did the oh, TV really? show together oh 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 uh um J uh, D J D yeah J D yeah J D is actually, Ryan yeah J D yeah. Ryan he's on the that show yeah with no him. shit yeah. Huh. So I'm trying to see if I can get JD here huh. one day. Cause I, Good I, luck with that. Yeah, I'm sure that motherfucker's got some stories. Yeah, I'm gonna try to. I've already told. I've already asked Bobble if if we can somehow connect to him coming on the podcast next sometime. Uh, he said he's gonna see what he can do. Uh, I'll probably have Bobble on here again just because cool. Bobble has a lot of stories too. Cool. <clears throat> and he does a lot of funny act voices. He does so many characters that I didn't have enough time to go over all of it with Yeah, him. I was lucky when I was in Florida. I got to meet a lot of really cool people. Uh-huh. Um, got to know uh, how shitty the fucking radio industry is. Yeah. I got to uh, I got to meet some really great comics that came through. Of course, mm-hmm. 
what's a, you know back then I mean the internet was there but it just it wasn't as established we didn't have social media we didn't you know like MySpace wasn't even a thing yet no not yet so or maybe it was just starting out probably when yeah. MySpace started getting popular like 2003 four maybe yeah so five? that's the same so that's the same time so um, but you know what do you what does the comic do they have to do morning radio to get sell tickets and so you know I got to meet some guys and of course always wanted to do it I actually did it in high school yeah but I was, yeah but not in clubs mm. like I'd do it for like uh, like if we threw it, did a talent show or yeah. if there was a that's still pretty cool though. yeah you know I was just stealing other people's material <laughs> You know, I didn't know any better. Well, I, yeah, just, I was funny as fuck because it was good riding. <laughs> you know? Who, who, who's uh, Oh, fucking everybody's, bro. Oh, please don't tell me you do a Bill Cosby bitch. No. No. No, I couldn't pull Especially that one like off. Especially like the one no. where you talking about uh, using the Spanish fly. Can you believe that? He did a bit about That's Spanish fly. ridiculous, bro. <laughs> That's embarrassing. It's embarrassing now. You would sit there and... Pretty much joke around about the things he was actually doing to everybody. Yeah, no shit, because that's what it's on. What's on his mind, man? And, and and people people thought it was weird, but then they were like, "I'm just a bit, I guess." Yeah, you know, uh, like uh, stuff from the, you know, guys from the '80s. That, so you've been you know, a fan of comedy going, that long, too? Fuck yeah, bro! I was a huge fan of comedy, man. I loved. Uh, how did you get comedy back then? Just TV? Or HBO. HBO? Yeah, HBO. And, you know, we actually, you know, we were, we, we had cable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you would get, yeah, but there wasn't any Comedy Central or, no, you there know, wasn't. there wasn't. Uh, and now, you you know, God, YouTube's worth its weight in gold, man. Like, yeah, you, you know, can you can find on anything on there. Yeah, change the alternator in my fucking car with a video from <laughs> I can't. I can't do stuff like that. I can't do. I can't do without car stuff. Yeah, like I can't that. do it without help mm-hmm. and a shit ton of fucking beer. Every time I try to do something, like I try, I had a bike, right, and I was trying to change the oil. Uh-huh. Motorcycle. Well, yeah, motorcycle. I had a VTR one thousand, a Honda VTR one thousand, okay. and uh, I started the video like how to change the, the you know the oil on the VTR one thousand. But it didn't tell me how to take the frame off. So, like, their, their bike was already... Yeah, it's already apart. Apart. Right. And I was like, well, this doesn't do me any good. Yeah, because you got to be really like, specific. Yeah. Uh, how do I get to this fucking part? <laughs> so, I'm not I'm not really handy when it comes to videos like that. I do need somebody to sit there and... Yeah, I got a beer drinking buddy that's got a shit ton of tools, and I, I would call him over. Yeah? Yeah. He's good with tools, or he's shitty? No, he's good. Yeah? I'm shitty. Yeah, he's got a shit ton of... Good you ever notice that the, the guys who are really good at stuff like that are nice beer drinking buddies? Yeah, man. Because they sit there and they'll walk around and work on it while they're having a beer. Yeah. And then they realize, oh, we I fucked up. No, we would get to the point where we're like, all right, we better get this fucker back together because we're starting to get drunk. <laughs> yes, we're starting to get pretty uh-huh. drunk now. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. No, we we we'd get, we'd do this thing where we'd, uh, you know, you have to take pieces off to get to pieces. Yeah. So we'd take a piece off and then chug a beer and go... Small victories. <laughs> yeah, that's very... So we're constantly celebrating small victories. It's a part. And now we got to stop drinking so we get this fucker back together. You know what? I don't think people, like... Um, and I'm part of the generation to blame, too. But, like, our generation and even the younger generations, we're not doing stuff like that anymore. We're not, we're not really connecting with, with each other. No, man. There's, like, there's hardly any bonding with us. It's this. Yeah. So I told my son today. 
Yeah. This is you your problem. What? This is your problem. That and listen, I love mine, and I love the information it gets me, and I'm probably thoroughly and totally addicted to it. Mm -hmm. But guess what? I already know how to talk to somebody. I already know how to look them in the eye. I already know how to, how to greet somebody, say hello. Mm -hmm. And these kids don't fucking don't, don't know how to do it. Yeah, I had to, I had to, <clears throat> I mean, you know, people don't naturally know how to do that. You have to train. No, you got to teach them, bro. You're shy, bro. You're always, people go, I was shy when I was a kid. Well, guess what? Most people are fucking shy as yeah, a kid. Yeah, everybody's shy as a kid. Yeah. You're fucking walking around, you're two feet high, yeah. with all these giants around you, people yeah, with no facial shit. hair. You yeah. wanna, what do you, you want, know, a fucking I, cookie? <clears throat> no, but you, you know, I I did the same thing with my son. Hey, you say hi to to your elders, say hi to your aunt, that's yeah, man, uncle, yeah, say hi to yeah, them. See, uh, and you had to fight eye. through it, but you had to fight through it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, go do it, and he'd be all shy, and he'd do it. And, and then I'd be like, go say hi, go say bye to your grandma before right. we leave. Yeah. And stuff like I that. I still got to do that with my son a little bit. And he's nine now, and, you know, if he with strangers, he still probably needs, but he's not so shy to go up and say hi. Right. You know? But. Uh, recently, my son recently transferred from a private school into a public school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we How live. How old's your son? He's 13. 13. So yeah, he's, in he's in seventh grade. Is he your oldest? He's, he's my only. Your only? Yes. Oh, only one kid. Oh, yeah. He was he was a really good kid. He's, he, he is a really good kid. Mm -hmm. uh, he's getting to be a teenager, so it's, it can be a little Ooh, trying. Yeah. yeah, to the traumatic but, part. Yeah, that's all right. It's all right. <laughs> the rest of the evening is going to We'll have out. a little. Ah. No. Just, you know what? That's, I'm proud of it. Never mm -hmm. raised a hand to that kid, man. That's good. Never spanked him. I was, you know, I, I thought I was going to be that type of parent, and then mm -hmm. uh, one time when he was about three years old, he was acting like an asshole, and I was about to lay into him. My wife said, wait, let's think about it, mm -hmm. take a break, and if you if you think he still needs his ass whooped, whoop his ass. Mm -hmm. And that was the only time that I ever considered laying a hand on that kid because I thought about it. And I, th I thank God for my wife. She's like, hey, let's let's use these techniques that people use that don't beat their kids. Because I was beat as a kid. Oh, yeah. You know, my dad was beat as a kid. Oh, a lot you of know what I'm saying? I was spanked in school. Right. Of course. I, I was two. Here in Texas. <laughs> yeah, no shit. And you're, how, how old are you? I'm 36. He's 30. You're fucking, so you're fucking much younger. Now, almost 20 years, 15 yeah. years at least. Yeah, he was, was uh, fifteen years ago. They were still beating kids in schools. I was uh, I I was born in a small town in very in South Texas called Harlingen. Yeah, no Harlingen. Yeah, Harlingen. Oh but shit! I, but I lived in Laferia, <clears throat> which is like what twenty minute drive. But Harlingen, of course, had the hospital. Gotcha. Um, but like the school I went to was right there, you know, in the ferry, right by sure. the border. Like we're yeah. like twenty five minutes away from yeah. the border. And uh, yeah, man, I remember getting paddled. I don't remember why I got paddled, but I remember getting paddled. Yeah. I think it was because I was looking up girl skirts. <laughs> to be honest, I, that's I not surprised me, Rudy. It's not surprised me. <coughs> I don't know why. So yeah, uh, so he's he's a super good kid, man, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, uh, and so we transferred him to this public school. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, he went from being in a bubble for four years, where they had chefs making their fucking lunch in the afternoon and they had a salad bar oh, yeah. going to a public school where some kids we live in Lake Highlands over in, Lake, in uh, by White Rock Lake yeah. Dallas where some kids don't have anything you oh, know what I'm saying so uh, 
it, and uh, and I was bitching at him last week about his his friends not having manners coming up saying hello, hi, Mr. Germany, how are you? You know that kind of stuff. They kind of look at you like you got a dick growing out of your head half the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, listen, like you can't be hanging out with those kids like that. And then I realized, you know what? My responsibility too. Yeah. My responsibility, because those kids probably scared of me. I'm a scary-looking <laughs> motherfucker as it is. Oh, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> so they all get together and play basketball on Fridays. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing is when all the kids come from their junior high school and they go down to an elementary school where they got really badass basketball courts, yeah. and all the kids get out there and play basketball. I split into teams and they play basketball. I go up to the store and grab a bunch of drinks and ice them down, take them back out there. So they're thirsty anyway. Yeah. You know? And drop them off and go, hey, you know? You know who I am? I'm Leland's dad, mm-hmm. Mr. Germany. All you got to do is say hello when you see me. So now they don't have an excuse. Now they put me into a positive category instead of putting me into a negative category because I look like a big scary motherfucker. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking to, for <laughs> something to yell at them about. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, you got, I just told my son, I was like, listen, you got to pull those kids up and let, instead of them dragging you down, bro. Yeah. Be a good example, man, you know? That's very good, because, like, I mean, <clears throat> just because their parents aren't discussing that with them, yeah. I mean, doesn't mean you can say, Somebody's hey, got to. Yeah, want. why yeah. not me, you know? You're not, yeah. you're not being yeah. scary. Yeah, you're don't not be trying a to, You're not trying to, like, put your rules of no, you know, whatever. No, man, I'm not going like, to be their dad. Be like but listen, human. you know, if we're at the football game, uh-huh. you come and, you know, if you don't have anybody to sit with, come sit with us, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, you... Then nobody's there to hang out with. Come sit. With, come hang out with us. You know, don't be don't be afraid. Yeah. You know, and so that's that's like I can't put all the responsibility on a thirteen year old kid or a twelve year old kid. That's that's a shitty thing to do. Yeah. Take the a... responsibility as an adult to be <laughs> to show them that it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know. So I'm I'm lucky. I, it's, that's the reason we didn't have any more kids because my. Son is such a good kid that the next one is going to be such an asshole. <laughs> That's how it always is, man. I have so we're kids. like, fuck this shit. I have my nine-year-old and I have a three-year-old. My nine-year-old, he's 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 super hyperactive. That's probably the only thing. Rudy, just... that creeps the fuck out of me that you have kids. <laughs> Why? <laughs> he, he's he's always like he's just super hyperactive. He just jumps around a lot. But you know, he's he's a kid. What do you expect? <clears throat> but my, my three-year-old, he's stubborn as hell. Isn't it funny how they're raised in the same household, but they totally have totally different personalities? Yes. I, when I, was, I was telling, like I told my baby mom one time, I was like I, like, I can't believe how different they are. I was like, my, you know, one, my son, yeah, he cried when he was young, but he never went through the terrible twos phase. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he, <clears throat> he's always very polite. He never was big, like, crier or, like, you know, trying to... Uh, want things that, you know, and don't a big fit about sure. it, not doing it, but my second being a, kid. Being a dick. Oh, my God, my second kid is so bad. We, <laughs> like, <clears throat> he would want food, and then you give him the food, but because. He's already cranky and hungry. Well, because he, he didn't prep it, or he because he likes to do it himself, uh-huh. because he sees his older brother doing gotcha. things. So he's like, I want to do things myself, but if I make him a sandwich, He'll be like, he, like he's done this so many times where he'll take it and he'll just crumble it up. And look at me dead in the eye while he's doing it. That would happen once in my house. And, oh. 
Yeah, I got, Fucking once, I got on him about that. I was like, you know what? Go to the room. You're not going to eat. Hey, man, starving to death. <clears throat> no learning. He would cry, but oh, yeah, fine. I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and let you destroy listen, food in front of me. Listen, being a parent is a hard fucking job, bro. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I mean, it's been great. I'm lucky I got, like, my wife and I stayed together after, you know, <clears> which is <throat> unbelievably surprising. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Uh, not her fault. I'm sure it's probably mine. Uh-huh. But uh, uh, we stuck together, and we, st- you know, we stuck together with our same kind of core values of how to raise a kid. Mm-hmm. That fucking that's that's, very that's the most important thing. That's bro. very important. If you guys can can understand each other's way of thinking right. when it comes to raising a yeah. child. Now, child now, there's is... a lot of times I would give my opinion, uh-huh. and she would fucking go what do she, what she wanted to do anyway. <laughs> She's a woman. What do you she expect? still does it. Still does it. My kid wanted to go on bus trip with a bunch of kids mm-hmm. where they stay up all night and like go and talk like uh, it's run by a church. And, like, uh, and I don't know the people in the fucking church and that creeps me out anyway. Yeah. I so uh, like I said, nah, I don't want him to go. These kids are going to be up all night long. I don't know all the kids that are going and like every, like every kid in the school, they're all going. And I was like, no, no, I just, like, I don't know the people that are running it. I don't know who the counselors are. I don't know, you know, I don't, I'm not familiar with the organization that's running it. I just don't feel good. We've always been really protected of Leland, so we didn't yeah. want anything, you know, but, you know, we didn't want anything to happen, you yeah. know. And, uh, and we actually agreed that if something did happen that I would be the one to go to prison. Because <laughs> oh, the dude that, is not fucking him. living through that shit. Well, I think that's where you gotta have faith in your your child to 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 be able to stand up for himself. Well, yeah, but you know they don't always feel that way. So a, we were, we always vetted mm-hmm. the people, like friends that he stayed the night with, and we wanted them to do the exact same thing to yeah. us. Like we needed to have a relationship before we allowed that to happen. Anyway, so let me get back to the so. I go, no. Like, they had to get up on a Sunday and go stand at the high school to register for this. This is how popular this bus ride is. Mm-hmm. Like, they stay out all night. And they go to this, like, jump street and, you know, uh, trampoline place. And they yeah. go, and they just go travel around. They get up in the morning. And then the next day, the kids sleep all day. Mm-hmm. I was like, no. So, I work nights. So, Sunday, I get up, have some breakfast, and then watch some TV. And then I go back to bed. I gotta get up Sunday night and work. Yeah. Well, while I'm sleeping Sunday night, they get up and go stand in the line to get the fucking bus ticket. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not supposed to know anything about it. So the deal is, is that every picture that's taken in all of our phones, yeah, we all goes to the cloud. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we get everything. Like, if they, my son takes a picture, I get it. My son makes a phone call, I know about it. Like, my, you know. So. That's These pictures very, pop up. That's a very smart move, though. Yeah, you know, yeah, man, you just lay it out. You know, it's like we're, we're a family, so. Yeah. You know, it's like we, I, I want them to know where I'm at all the time. And, and I've turned on my, my 360 app just in case you guys decided to throw me down a well. They know where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, well, I got pictures from them standing in line on Sunday. And I know my wife hasn't told me about it, so I just give them enough room just to, you know, mm-hmm. hang themselves. Yeah, I just so like, I guess one day, a couple days go by, and I'm like, hey, where was this picture taken? And my wife is a horrible liar, bro. <laughs> she is horrible, and she knows it. And my son has the same thing. Yeah. So I know we're both.
number one, and I'm good at it. So I'm like, hey, where's, where's this picture taken? She goes, she started to fucking lie. I go, don't lie like you do. She goes, let's take it to high school. I go, you motherfuckers turning your back on my rules. But, you know, you just, you know, sometimes you got to look at it from a different point of view. Yeah. You know, it's every, every, every person is going on this bus trip that we know. So, you know, it's probably okay. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you, you, there's a point where you have to start becoming more. Giving them a little bit of Yeah, red. It's hard for me, bro. It's really it's hard, hard for me. I bet. I mean, for the longest time, I uh, I didn't want my son spending the night at somebody's house I didn't know. Yeah. And, and no, you can't, man. Even now, he doesn't really go anywhere. Um, but I but I started telling him, like, even like at age six, I think I started telling him, like, don't let anybody put their hands on sure, you. Sure, like, right. Let anybody touch yeah, you. Yeah, you got to touch him. Yeah, teach him that shit, man. <clears throat> and, I, you know, every so often I'd remind him and i have to tell him, because you're my son. Only two people are allowed to discipline you, and that's me and her. Uh-huh. But other other adults can tell you not to do something where you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. That's right. But don't let them touch you. That's right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I've been telling him that for the longest, you know. Uh, well, and so that kind of brings me to, like, he's 13 now. Or he was coming up on being 13. And I was like, okay, this kid is like, I coached all his, like I was his football coach, coached all his football teams, and, and you know, been really involved in his life, you know. I mean, he's, everything that we do, we do for our kids, you know. It's like in a lot of our dreams, we take away from our dreams and give them to our kids so that they can dream, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So, like, you got to hold down the household and you and make a, make a stable life for the kids and so you kind of sometimes put your dreams in the back so you know I quit wrestling I don't wrestle anymore which you know you never really get out of it they always pull you back in which brings me to this so anyway uh, but uh, it got to the point where I was like it's it's uh, you know it's real it's like I gotta have something to do when I get older because he's gonna go to college and I'm not, like, I'm not, all my dreams are going to go to college with <laughs> You're him. You're like, what do I do now? Right, what do I do now, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it's like, EDP yoga. Yeah, it'll probably, <laughs> probably lean a little bit more to alcoholism. So, I was like, I'd have something to uh, occupy my time, and I've always wanted to do stand-up. So, I started pushing myself. Like, I started going to shows, and yeah. then I started going to open mics just to watch. <clears throat> And then I would talk to then I would go to open mics, watch and talk to some of the comics. Yeah. And every time you say, Hey, I was thinking about doing this, they go, Just fucking do it. Just get up and go do it, dude. It's yeah. three minutes. What's it gonna gonna kill you for three minutes? Come on. So and you start doing it and you get hooked. Oh, you right. gotta have a couple laughs. Yeah. And you get hooked. And then you know <clears throat> you know, I've I've written stuff that I thought was funny down for years, but you start seeing things in a different light. You see the things that happen in your day-to-day life with your wife and your kids, and and the asshole in the line at the checkout line at the supermarket, and and you and you start to look at it through different eyes, and you write that shit down, and all of a sudden you work it out a couple times, it becomes a joke, and the more you do it, the better it gets, and you get fucking hooked on it. Yeah, I do that. I do that so much. Like my my girlfriend, she she fractured her elbow. And I was scared because she had she had knocked herself out, and like she got up. <clears throat> Sounds like that was an interesting she night. A, she said a few things, 
And she told me she hit her head. She fell and hit her head. And I was like, okay. I was like, and then, but then she like, she's, she kept on talking, but like she started slurring her words, and then she started falling down, and I got scared. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I was like, we got to get to the hospital. Yeah, that's where people die from that shit. I was gonna lay her down, but then she kind of woke up, and she's like, well, what's happening? I was like, you, you just passed out. I was like, let's, okay, now that you're awake, let's, let's get you in the car. We'll take you to the hospital. And she's like, okay. She started. I started walking with her. She passed out again <clears throat> on me. And I was like, fuck. I was like, and then, <clears throat> so I, was, I started picking her up, and because she's very tiny, so I was like, we weren't. We were almost, at the, shoulder, we were almost bro. at the car door. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I just picked her up a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I used a little trick I learned while working at the hospital. You know, put the arms underneath the elbow, right. underneath the armpits, and lift her that way. <clears throat> I got her in the car. She came to in the car, and. Uh, on the way to the hospital, of course, I was still very nervous. Sure. Because I don't know what's going on. I, yeah, I'd be people, freaked out too. <clears throat> yeah, she's passing out twice already. She doesn't remember. Like, I don't know how much of this she's not going to remember. I don't know if she's going to start asking me the same questions repeatedly. <clears throat> and then in the car, she's like, oh, I can see color now. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, shit. Like, well, I guess it's getting better. <clears throat> and then she's like, I can hear better. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, well, getting, I'm going to the hospital, and we're going to see what's going on. Uh, so we got to the hospital, all that's fine, you know, we're not all that's fine, but like they, you know, they tell her what they're going to do, I tell them what happened, I give them very good detail before right. I bring her in, right. because they're going to ask all these questions, and I need to let them know calmly what the situation was, <clears throat> because I've been in that scenario, I've worked in the ER before, Right. so the better detailed you are, the more they understand what to do, uh, but we got her in there, and she's, she's in, you know, they sat her back in one of the rooms. <clears throat> and while we're there, we're like, okay, okay, we're calm, we're cool, and um, she's all like, oh my gosh, she's like, how am I going to pay for this? And I'm like, I, like, don't worry about that, like, if, you know, we'll figure something out. Try. She started, she almost wanted to cry, because she's like, all oh, these hospital bills, I was like, don't worry about that. She's like, well, at least I'm, she's like, oh, well, at least, uh, she say, she's like, I landed on my elbow, because her elbow started hurting her a lot. <clears throat> and she's like, well, I guess my arm took most of the blunt blow. You know, I guess I'm okay. I was like, yeah, I'm glad that you're okay. Like, we're still going to get your head checked. And then the lady came in. <clears throat> and, you know, she starts asking questions. Bro, this is a long setup there, but you better be a payoff <laughs> at the end. <laughs> so, like, <clears throat> they're asking her questions. And <clears throat> I tell them, I was like, well, she's doing better. Her arm hurts. And I started joking around. I still turned the nurse. I was like, uh, first thing I say was, yeah, um, yeah, she hurt herself. She had a bad fall. I was like, but this will be the last time she burns my tortillas. That's, that's funny. And they were like, <laughs> hey, that's funny. They're like, what? And I was like, I'm just joking. I'm joking. And so they're like looking at her arm. She just, you know, there's, it's fractured. They're gonna do some X-rays. And I'm like, oh my, good thing. I was like, good thing it wasn't your masturbating arm, girlfriend. And like, and, and again, the nurse is just like, oh my god. Rudy, I don't put past you, bro. <laughs> and we, you know, we're in there, we're playing around, <clears throat> just trying to keep the, you know, trying to keep it upbeat. The guy comes in here to put her arm in the cast, mm -hmm. and then while he's doing that, um, I'm just like, yeah, you know, she's, that's her uh, bad, her our left arm. She's, you know, I'm hoping she's alright. <clears throat> and then right before he leaves, he's like, do you guys have any, uh, do you guys have any more questions? And I look at him and I was like, yeah, why do you have a boner all of a sudden? 
and he looked down. He was like, "Oh shit!" He was like, "He was like, you didn't have one." He was just like, "Oh, you got oh, me." Oh, okay. Because <laughs> would have been a much better story if you'd had a boner. <laughs> I would have been like, "Dude, man," because you know he was all up close and sure, right, her. right on. And, and she had her shirt like kind of hanging off, because she had to get that. They had to look at her arm. Uh, so <laughs> that's funny. That guy, he was just like, "Oh man," but he started laughing. And they're trying really hard to be professional and not sure. laugh at what I'm mm-hmm. saying. But it's just like... It's hard. That's, you know, it's almost more enjoyable when they're uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, it's one, thing when it's one thing when you're in a comedy club mm-hmm. and people come in there to have a good time and have some drinks and laugh at what you're about to say. Yeah. Different when you hit them in a hospital when they're supposed to be professional. When they're supposed to be professional. And you're like, that's like that, that, that uncomfortable uneasiness is almost more enjoyable as a comic sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. So, so uh, but yeah, so like scenarios like that, you yeah. know, just make jokes. And then I started using it on stage a little bit. Yeah, that's, that. that's the way you got to work it out, man. You got to write shit down, look and start, you know, start cutting words out, bro. Yeah. Because it's those useless fucking words. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I, fuck you. Like that, now, that was the full story, but like, right. I didn't say that. Right. Well, of course not. No, but, no, 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 but yeah, that. that's funny. Yeah, that's, I think that's, you know, and, and it's been, I've been lucky that, uh, you know, with my background performing as mm-hmm. a pro wrestler and, uh, and being in radio for a t- couple years and not being a shy guy mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I, kind of had had some success a little bit of success and got booked on some shows and it's been a really great trip man yeah. did you have a wrestling name with your yeah listen uh, the, uh, my, I always went by like I did that thing where you know you tried to go by a fucking fake name like, uh-huh. and there were people that tried to give me <laughs> fucked up names mm-hmm. but I always went back to my real name like when it was up to me Chris Germany yeah Chris Germany and so eventually like when you're in the, when you're in the wrestling business Sometimes it's tough to get work because they want to use guys they know. But out of sight, out of mind, if you're not one of their guys, they don't always think about you. So I started showing up at shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and as a wrestler, the the rule of thumb is always carry your gear, bro. You never know. You never know. Always carry your gear. So I would show up at shows and have my gear with me. And you, they'd walk in and they'd go, oh, Chris Germany, holy fuck. Let me see if we got a spot for them on the show. They might even cut a guy out that's not as good of a worker as I am yeah. and put me in that spot. And yeah. so it, it uh, one one day we were at a show and I'd done that, and one of the guys goes, man, that fucking Germany, he's a cutthroat motherfucker. <laughs> and so it stuck, bro. I was, but all of a sudden, I was I became the cutthroat Chris Germany. All right. So you sent me this picture, and I want to know, what was happening in this picture? I'm so that was a, that was a cage match. Yeah. That's him. That was a cage match in all bloody in Denton for what uh, XCW. Uh huh. Extreme. Yeah, it was extreme without the. They took the E off uh-huh. and just, just went X. yeah, XCW uh, out of Denton, and we ran in Denton. Uh, the promoter, uh, uh, not Davis. Uh, he's a fucking terrific guy. I love him. He's fucking family. And uh, we ran with him for several years. And uh, we would, we literally ran, we started in a, like a, almost like a storefront mm-hmm. with a warehouse in the back. And we would run every Friday night. And all the kids from North Texas, it, it, they found out about it. 
Yeah. So they would fill that fucking place up. And it was BYOB, so they'd all stop and oh, get their shit. beers and come to the wrestling matches and pre-party to go out to the bars after, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in Denton. So it was a big thing. We fucking would pack shows out. We got so big, we had moved to a bigger place. Damn. So that was uh, uh, that was a, a cage match that we did. Uh, I don't know. That was probably 2002, maybe, 2003, something like that. Yeah. You, uh, you look like you got your ass kicked, man. No, man. That's what you're <laughs> that supposed to like look a, like for a cage match, that bro. That like, like the the crazy, um, like you had mentioned him earlier, what's his name, uh, Abdul- Cactus Jack? Oh, yeah. Like his old school style yeah. of wrestling where yeah. they use barbed wire and shit. Well, see, that was our gimmick. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, my, my tag team partner's named Kit Carson. Mm-hmm. And so we were, run, we were working at the Sportatorium on one of the last times before it closed down. And this was probably 97, 96, 97. And it was run by a, an old school manager named Playboy Gary Hart. Okay, Play, Gary was one of the, uh, look him up if you don't know him, look him up when you get a yeah. chance. Playboy, Playboy Gary Hart, you'll know him. Uh, he was literally a wrestling genius. Yeah. Like he, he discovered some of the, he was the guy that discovered Kabuki. Oh, really? He was the guy that discovered, uh, 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 you know, made Bruiser Brody a huge name. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that, uh, and he ran world class. He's the one, he's he's the guy who came up with the idea of the Von Erich versus Freebird feud mm-hmm. back in eighty in the 80s. Oh. That was his idea. He was he was Fritz's booker for world class championship mm-hmm. wrestling. So he was running the Sportatorium, and we were all wrestling as as singles wrestlers and that's when the extreme stuff from uh, ECW and, and Philly started to get big and I guess Gary saw some of it and got an idea and he put us together as these guys that you know wore more street clothes uh, came to the ring with a barbed wire baseball bat and a bunch of barbed wire drinking beer, smoking cigarettes, <laughs> and, smoking uh, cigarettes. Yeah. On, man. and so uh, <laughs> that's the way it started out. Yeah, we've come athletic. out fucking drink, chugging beers and smoking cigarettes. And so uh, uh, so he put us together, and he's like, I think I'm going to call you guys the extreme team. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, no, 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 that's not right. He goes, I'm going to call you guys Team Extreme. So he, that's the name he gave us. It stuck, and we rat, rewrote that for 10 years, bro. Yeah. 10, 12 years. Yeah. And uh, we ended up, uh, my tag team partner and I were uh, uh, held a huge amount of uh, independent titles all over the United States, and then eventually uh, the NWA made us their world tag team champions. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So we got to travel around. Yeah. National Wrestling right? Alliance. Yeah, it's owned by that uh, guy from the Smash, Smashing Pumpkins. Now. Oh, Billy Corkin owns yeah, that. Billy Cubs, That's the yeah. one that Billy Corkin yeah. owns. So yeah. Yeah. He's but really, uh, really it was the it was that. the ori- the original uh, uh, founding wrestling body across the United States that that linked all the territories together. They were all members of the National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah. And they would meet in uh, <laughs> Las Vegas once a year. And discuss things. It's almost like run, run, run like the mob. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, when 
everybody started, you know, like Vince started having his own champion. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the Crockett promotion down in Atlanta and the Carolinas still used the NWA name. And, but then they, then Turner bought it and they switched it from the NWA to uh, World Championship Wrestling. Yeah, WCW. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so the NWA went to the side. Well, a bunch of guys in the uh, in the nineties put it back together and started running independent shows as National Wrestling Alliance. And so that was a group that now Billy Corgan owns. It's weird how he went from being like this big time rock star. He's still a big time rock star, no, bro. Yeah. Still, but, like, but he's a wrestling thing. Weird how you did that and, yeah. and the and the word is is that you know now they're running the, those shows out of I guess Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's an NWA show, and it's, I think you can get it on the internet. But uh, they're you know they're running these big shows, and the word is is that he gets out of everybody's way. He's just there to run the numbers. Yeah. Hey, he doesn't <laughs> stick his nose in creative or anything. Yeah, he's like, he knows that, hey, I'm a rock star. I'm not going to tell these guys how to be rock star. They're going to tell me how to be rock star. I'm going to tell them how to be a wrestler. Yeah. So, like, I'll tell them how to go up there. And yeah, so that's cool, man. Band. And, you know, now with uh, with the uh, a, 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 was it AEW, <laughs> All Elite Wrestling, mm-hmm. that going on. And, of course, New Japan is huge. And, uh, and, and yeah, pretty huge. Yeah, man, it's, it's really big right now, bro. And so, uh, yeah, um, man, those... so, so I got pulled into promoting. Mm-hmm. I got a buddy who uh, owns a brewery in Dallas, over in the Lake Highlands area of Dallas, okay. which is called Oak Highlands Brewery. And uh, he came to me about six months ago and said, uh, I want to run a wrestling show. He goes, I want to run a wrestling show here at Oak Highlands Brewery. And they got plenty of room. They got a huge parking lot. And uh, so we're going to have an outdoor festival uh, the 26th of October. <laughs> and that's that event. You so that's right this there. event right here. Yeah, I got the poster right here. Yeah, I don't know if you can see that very well. Very well. <clears throat> yeah. There so go. Uh, go to oakhylandsbrewery.com and you can get tickets for uh, the uh, Brawl for It All. Mm-hmm. And our main event is going to have Lance Hoyt, <laughs> who this week just won the. Uh, um, U.S. Championship in New Japan. No shit. Yeah, bro, that's a big step. It's a long time coming. Mm-hmm. I, I worked with Lance and uh, PCW here in Arlington mm-hmm. when he was just a kid. He had to have been 23 years, 23, 24 yeah. years old. And uh, but he's worked really hard, man. Had his stint in the WWE, and then now New Japan loves the big monsters. This guy's like six nine, six ten. Yeah, they love and just those. and he's human specimen. Right, he's he's a monster. He's gonna be in our main event October twenty sixth there at O'Connellsbury. Go to O'Connellsbury Yeah, guys, go. Um, I'm definitely gonna show up. I've, cool. I reserved Saturday. I'm not gonna plan any podcast. Cool. I'm not gonna go any shows. Uh, Come out, man! It's gonna be a fucking party. I think I'm gonna, gonna stay have, over there because I'm gonna go to Dallas anyway for like a bar, bar crawl afterwards. We're, we're gonna have we're gonna have food trucks there. Mm-hmm. We got a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, what time does it start? Uh, so the doors uh, doors open at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Everything will be set up. Get there early. Get you something to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my buddy Brad Mall, who's one of the owners at Oak Island's <laughs> Brewery, mm-hmm. is a master brewer. He's yeah. been brewing for 20 years, 
and it's got some of the most award-winning uh, small micro brew beer. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. He's uh, the guy's the guy's a lawyer by trade, and gave up that career to start brewing beer. That's how good of a brewer he is. Yeah. Is yeah. that this guy's good, man? So come out and drink some beer, have some fun. Oh, I'm going. Get something to eat. I'm talking about all the people out there. Come and see us next next Saturday at uh, O'Kyle's Brewery. It's going to be fucking cool. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. It's going to be cool. Beer, food trucks. Uh, Come on now. It's going to be awesome. Fuck yeah, man. (laughs) My people love food trucks. Listen, listen. The brothers can come out too, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come out there for, you know. Yeah, Tejanos. Hey, listen, I got guys coming in from Mexico. Mm -hmm. Mexican restaurants? Yeah, bro. Mexican restaurants are fucking wild. Yeah, man. So we got guys coming in from Mexico. We got guys that literally, these guys that are performing at this show are on the verge, Uh if they haven't already, breaking nationally on all these, you know, AWE, AEW, and and uh, and the NWA, and and you know, NXT. Uh I mean, these guys are literally on the verge of breaking it. And so come see them while you still see them in a small venue. You, you don't have to pay, you know, $80 to get tickets at American Airlines. So. Yeah, they're expensive. Man. Yeah. Those so, things are huge. Yeah, you get general admission uh, festival seating seats here at the, at the Brawford Hall. You can get yeah. that for 15 bucks, bro. Are they going to have tickets at the door? They'll have tickets at the door. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, that's cool. They'll have tickets at the door, but uh, if you want to reserve, the best deal mm-hmm. is probably the VIP ticket um it will be the there, there's a deck at oak Island's brewery yeah and the deck will be is almost the exact same height as the ring oh, and you will be, nice. be level with the ring you're gonna have vip you get two beers you're gonna have your own tap on wait wait staff yeah. there right there at the vip you'll have the best seat in the house and those are only 40 bucks awesome so so you're, you're producing it right uh I'm, I'm producing it i've got a new company uh that I'm going to do some of these wrestling shows, mm-hmm. um, if the price is right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, really for what I want to do it for the wrestling shows, for companies that want to promote <laughs> themselves. I'm not going to run in a venue and yeah. work off the door and do that. I'm doing this specifically, just like Oak Island's Brewery, to promote what they want to promote. If it's a, if it's a, it's a, if it's a, if it's a chili cook-off, if it's a festival, if it's something, hey man, pay one price and we'll bring the wrestling to you in addition to uh i'm i guess i'm i'm in comedy i guess i might as well start running some comedy shows so Why not? A, yeah. yeah so i'm gonna dip my toes into that uh, i got a new company that just started uh kbl <laughs> entertainment so. it seems i mean like if you're working with that brewery company the guy already i mean i'm pretty sure you could put your own showcase oh there. sure that wouldn't that's like probably not gonna be a problem and we'll, uh, listen this thing has become its own monster yeah. I like, I like, I really, I, my first thought was, okay, I'll just, I'll sell the show. Uh, I can run a show. I've been doing it for years. You know, even when you're not, it's not your show, you're running, you know, you're running your segment. So, I, you know, I know what goes on in the back. I, it's, it's not that big a deal. I've run dressing rooms for larger companies before. So, run the show, have some fun. I mean, I want to be, I want this to be such a success. I, I've been promoting my ass off, man. I mean, I'm here on a Saturday when I should be somewhere drinking beer. Yeah. And, uh, or maybe even catching a set somewhere. 
but uh, this this is it's gonna be once I get this behind me, man, I can focus, take a breather. I got a bunch of uh, comedy dates coming up in November yeah. and December. Are already already getting booked up, and so I just want to make those really good and have some fun, finish the year out good. Fuck yeah, uh, man. Yeah. So. Well, I hope stuff. everything works out great for you. Oh, man. Will, sure man, will. we're gonna have a we're gonna have a great show regardless. <laughs> if you, if you take that wrestling hustle mentality into into this comedy and booking shows mentality, you're gonna yeah, be yeah. So hopefully, listen, if it's something you're passionate about mm-hmm. and you just keep working on it, you figure it out as you go. But if you got that passion for it, man, that's that. I'll tell you what. In my opinion, it's the problem with with younger people nowadays is that they don't they don't have any passion. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see, I want to see people get passionate about it, almost to the point of getting mad, man. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the only thing people have passion about now is like being vegan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You want to get like pissed about something, right? Puppies. <laughs> and what gender to be called, man? Yeah, man. What kind of passion is like, that? Where is that going to get you in life? Like, focus that shit on something. Listen, I'm fine. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm Listen, I'm physically conservative, but I'm liberal as fuck when it comes mm-hmm. to a lot of that shit. As long as you don't fuck with my guns. But, like, come on, man. Let's live and let live. You want me to? You 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 want me to agree with your lifestyle? Well, fuck, agree with mine. Get off my fucking case. Yeah. How about that. That's really what it comes down to. People yeah. pushing their beliefs onto other people, wanting them. To, sure, man. To you want to listen? If everybody was the same, this be a fucking boring world, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially with comedy, we'd all have the same mm. bits. We'd all be. Oh my God! Isn't that the thing. fucking truth? <laughs> God, thank God, we'd everybody's jokes, not like you, Rudy. We'd all have jokes about the weather. Because <laughs> that's the only that's thing that's changing. Up. No shit. <laughs> that was fucked up. <clears throat> oh man. Uh, well, we did about an hour and. And, you know, it's almost 3.30. I don't want to keep you too long. Cool, man. You got any other questions before we go? Um, I did want to... Let me see. Um, I tend to ramble on, so... What not, man? That's what this is all about. You know, I want to sit... That's that's why I do this, to sit down and Have a conversation, right. And talk Yeah, we haven't had a conversation like this since... No, no. You're not going to have it either. Not at the comedy shows. Yeah. We're outside. I never wanted to get my fingerprints anywhere near you. (laughs) So. <laughs> What's well, too late now? <laughs> yeah, I've seen your bits. They're dirty. You're going to be part of the Me Too one day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. From your mouth to God's ears. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, any wrestling questions? Something I can maybe give you an insight on? Or? Um, For right now, nothing off the top okay. of my head. I'm pretty sure I'll think of something sooner or later, but you know what? Yeah, we I'm come back. I'm about happy back to come back, bro. Yeah, I'll definitely have you back on. You know, yeah. once I do a nice round of there's a lot of new comics sure. comics I haven't had on here yeah man I'll but, let you know if I got some shows coming up and, oh uh, yeah yeah we'll come um, uh, let's see I've got let's see I've got yeah what do you have let's promote that shit let right me now. tell you um I've got uh I just had somebody get in contact with me mm-hmm. to do a new venue that I'm really excited about it's um they're doing a Okay, Blue Material. They're doing a dirty joke show at uh, the Stomping Ground in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that it's one. It's the first time I've been in there, so I'm really excited about getting a chance to get in there and show off some of my material. Um, I'm not, let's see. Uh, uh, Diane Michelle, maybe? Yeah. Um, I got, I've got, so I'm booked uh, November 8th mm-hmm. uh, at the Stomping Ground 
an 8 p.m. show. Yeah. And then I booked a Saturday show, December 28th, uh, at the same venue, the Stomping Ground Theater. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got... I've got a Red Room show coming up next week, next Saturday, at uh, the Fort Worth Hyenas. Oh, okay. Which, What's you know, that show? Uh, the Red Room. Oh, Red Room. I yeah. thought you said Reverend. Oh, no. Red Room like, show? Red. I'm sorry. I sometimes I mumble. <laughs> yeah, I've been hitting the head with chairs, so sometimes I'm not always clear. Um, so, yeah, we got a Red Room show with Mikey B. And, okay. Uh, and and, uh, and a, a bunch of comics. When is uh, that's uh, next November, November 2nd. Yeah, that's Second. next Saturday. You know what? Um, what's his name? Told me uh, Luis Hernandez? Was uh -huh. he the headliner? Uh, not really sure. Hold on. Let me I look. I think so, because he told me to show up. He's like, show up and we'll give you some time. Like, at two, three, at least. He said, at least three uh, to five minutes. Like, yeah, I know up. that. Uh, I know that they may be running the show also. Uh, this one is, let me find it. Well, it sounds familiar because Luis Hernandez told me that it was Mikey B. Uh, and then somebody else. Yeah, I'm not real good with the phone thing. I mean, it could be much better. But, uh, well, I mean, with those gorilla hands. Uh, that's not, not very easy, bro, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, so, he, but he, like, if it's the one that Luis... Um, yeah, Luis Hernandez told me about. Okay, November 2nd, Red Room. Here we go. Um, it is uh, Mikey B, mm -hmm. uh, Barry uh, Whitewater, mm -hmm. uh, Daniel Gill, Zach Webb, myself. Luis uh, Juarez. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You're right. Luis <laughs> Yeah, he told me to show up. He'll give me some time. Yeah, cool. So, so uh, that'll be a fun show. I'll probably and show up. So I'll do that one. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Miss an opportunity when the comic says, Come sure. do it, and I'll give you something. Right. Because if then, you don't do it, the comic's like, Oh, you're and not then I'm also, you're uh, not real, it's comic. Like, no, fuck that. I'm going to go. Yeah, I understand, man. Uh, so, also, uh, let's see, I think I'm doing, uh, oh, no. I'm doing, I'm doing, uh, doing Bush's, Butch Lord's two showcases on the 1st and the 8th of December. Uh, the Dallas and Plano? Yep. Yeah, Dallas and Plano. Well. Yeah. So, I'm going to do both of those. I'll and, be there for those. In fact, uh, at that, in fact, I think I'm hosting last. Yeah. Half of the yeah. <clears throat> the second block. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Cool. Yeah. I've I've um, I've been doing hosting. I've been signing up for hosting. Uh huh. Um, I'm not sure. I should do it because if I'm not sure about it, then that just means that. I that should means you need to work on it. That means I should do it. Yeah, I, I definitely tell, need I to work. Ask, I should ask Butch to go ahead to see if I can host. I, uh, uh, here's a great little story, real uh -huh. quick. Uh, and usually I don't tell on myself, but this is funny as fuck. Um, so I did the last Fort Worth. Um, Butch Lord Showcase. Yeah. So. Yeah, I saw you. Yeah, so I so I went in there and I hosted the last half of, and Damn. he popped it on me. Like I'm not, I don't have a whole lot of experience as a host, yeah. but I had, you know, I hosted it uh, a couple times for the Arlington Improv for the Stand Up for Heroes, and mm -hmm. and so I had some experience. It was the first time I've done for, uh, you know, that big of a showcase. Yeah. I got up and I got, I had five minutes. I got halfway through my five minutes. And realize, going into my closing bit, that I forgot the guy's name I'm about to bring up. Oh, doesn't that <laughs> suck? Ah, fuck. That's and listen, so I'm horrible with, like, if you got an Italian name or a Hispanic name, yeah. I'm going to fuck it up, bro. I'm just not good at it. And, uh, and I just, like... I, and you can see, I watched the video and I could see that look come over my face about 
like like nobody in the audience realized. But I said like maybe one or two ums, which I like, at this point I uh-huh. pretty much not doing in, in those in that five minute set. Yeah. And I realized when I hit those ums that it's, it's hit me. I forgot this guy's fucking name. Man. Uh, let me. I heard the door real quick. Okay. Uh-huh. Got to get the door. I'll entertain you. That's right. So uh, a little dead air. Maybe it's a UPS man but, uh, just bringing you those body yeah, yeah, bags yeah. you've been waiting for. The who? Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you telling the people here? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, but thanks for coming on. Yeah, bro. Um, we didn't do as much time. Uh, well, we did quite a bit. Of time. No, we'll, man, we'll do we more later on. Yeah, bro. Um, uh, you know, kind of focus on some. Uh, I told yeah. you some good stories about how I got into great stories, man. And, so, uh, sure yeah, everybody too. come out to Oak Island's Brewery, please. Yeah, come uh, out, guys. Cause Saturday, October 26th. Uh, it's going to be a terrific show. We're going to – these guys, you, you you'll, you'll never see this group of professional wrestlers in Dallas all together. Yeah. Ever again, probably. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can take this poster and see if they let me put it at work and sure. some motherfuckers at work. Cool, man. I got a couple more of them. I'm going to give you two if you want to put some up out here. If you want, if it's up to you, sure. If you want, yeah, I, mean, give you a couple I have no problem pro- uh, helping you promote this uh, event. Thanks, Rudy. Yeah, man. Well, listen, this last week, uh-huh. that's it's, that's a zero hour. Yeah. Like you know, for for the professional wrestling business, what people don't realize is that uh, usually pro wrestling does not have a huge amount of pre sales in the you know in the in the old wrestling business when it's a yeah. local show nice. now if it's wwe coming in yeah probably but a lot big. of people like they don't realize that people buy tickets to the door yeah you know? so uh so come on out we'll have tickets we got plenty of tickets cool we got food trucks it'll be a good time good time oak Collinsburg. Right. again Thanks, thank you for coming on man i'll Thanks, definitely Rudy. have you gone thank you buddy yeah i'll gone again it was very good talking to you all right i don't and know dude, how I'm... ugly i was on this fucking video <laughs> no it's fine dude uh hey you guys uh um coming up Tomorrow, Jorge Cortez will be here tomorrow, uh, and I'll see you guys next time. Thanks, buddy. Oh.